0: unless you microwave their dice out of the match while microwaving your team. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stats Check Episode 5, the episode where none of the people who traditionally run anything are actually here, and it's just
1: (laughs) me. Uh, Hey, I run the YouTube channel show some of the time, Nathan.
0: I mean, that's not wrong. You're not wrong. The episode (laughs) is titled The Stats Illuminati because we have a bunch of stats folks and math folks who are going to talk about math and stats things that grind their gears, essentially, (laughs) and try to... Help, help all of you out and answer some questions. So just and for so a quick by stats introduction,
1: luminati, you mean like yeah. half of the stats luminati? Because Curie's at WTC, Peter can't, and true. then like you just happen to find me somehow.
0: Yeah, I definitely <laughs> didn't even know where I found you. I found you in like a, yeah. a bottle of Vegemite that I brought home or something like that, and just pulled
1: you out. Excuse me, Vid, you might see Australia one. We use Marmite over here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's the first. The first. Mislabeling as an Australian.
1: (laughs) Look, Um, I I hold Cliff slightly responsible for this. Like we were you were meant to be the adult, and then we got like chatting in the background for too long. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It was my fault. It
0: was my fault. So we're gonna we're gonna do this real quick introduction before I get like laughed at by Ennis when he gets back. So this is Stat Check. This is episode five, the Stats Illuminati. And I am going to be your primary host, Nathan, Dr. Statsdad, Henning. I'm currently being joined by Cliff, who is usually behind the scenes, but gets to be in front of the scenes today so he can yell at all of you about what you're doing wrong with, you know, math at the table side. (laughs) He, He is the man, the myth and the legend who runs the meta dashboard, and that was his idea. And then we've got Alex Tauss of Frontiers fame from the Best in Tabletop Network who also happens to be real good at math and decided that he also wants to yell it here on this show about math and bothered me I don't a know lot am about... real good
1: like all right <laughs> and have some reasonably strong opinions i feel like i might clash with cliff on this front as well like cliff and i are real on board with like the same armies like we'll, we'll see each other's like knights and custodies hobby progress in the yeah, chats and be yeah. like yeah let's go but then I have a funny feeling that we're going to disagree on stuff like the effect of wounds from no Pains and stuff. So that should be fun.
2: Oh, no. I, I, I feel like we'll be roughly alive there. I think the army choice is so We're both clearly in the same vein of like when I ask Ian it to do something, I really want it to just do that and not yeah, think yeah. about variants. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. It seems ironic as well that like we're claiming to be, know about things and we're playing the two factions that like have the weird uh, stigma for people complaining when they don't run Roll like fifty percent above average on their four open (laughs) votes. And
0: then we're going to get into the funnest moat or most fun part of the show, where everybody gets to tell us about their week or weekend. Oh boy! We're going to start with Alex because he's the
1: guest and he gets to go (laughs) first. I don't know. Wait. So what is it? What I've done recently?
0: (laughs) Yeah, tell us about your weekend. Tell us about Uh, your last week.
1: What I I don't think I did anything super important this weekend i'm probably blanking i know i've got like a funny tournament next weekend um and recently i've just been like lazy cutting a bunch of terrain because i've signed up to run a tournament at the end of the month and i've got maybe half the tables i need to um so that's most of what i can think of recently otherwise just like uni things and you know normal life stuff the oh, so terrain was great though for the thanks yeah if you
0: join the discord you can actually just listen to alex slowly talk to himself as he laser cuts or designs <laughs> yeah this is true i At like four in the morning his time he's still awake sitting there like spinning cad files and preparing more stuff <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like due to bad decisions because if i like sometimes when i commit to cutting these things out it's it's like a two hour cut to do like one of the big sets of sheets like engraving and then cutting and clean up and stuff so there have been a couple evenings in a row where i've made bad decisions done that i been like oh i'm gonna be home real late oh well um i do that and then just as i'm like like basically getting ready to go to sleep peter like uh krieg peter will send me some message and i'm like i guess i'm replying to peter at 4 a.m so i'm done laser cutting at that time <laughs>
0: that's just when everybody else in the world is starting to wake up and they see Alex and Chad and are like, Hey, what are you doing? Yeah, or it's just me. And I join Chad and I'm like, Alex, go to bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've usually got a pretty good thing. Like Chris is usually my partner in crime. Cause like he's 12 hours off. So I can like work out. Oh, okay. Oh, about that. It's pretty easy to work out when he's awake, but he's at WTC at the moment. So that doesn't work out. Um,
0: oh, you've lost all yeah. sense of time. That's what's
1: happened. <laughs> yeah um so cool we've talked about my week and already got off topic should we pass on to someone else
0: (laughs) come on cliff now you get to tell us about your weekend
2: uh man what did i do this weekend 40k related stuff i am i'm pre-bandwagoning corn demons super hard uh, because i live for big boy time and the idea of running like not one but two bloodthirsters and Bellicore and a bunch of demons and a bunch of crushers is very appealing to me so i put together 20 blood letters um, the bases for 30 and nine blood crushers and three chariots um put together Bellacor, did his base and oh and i like started the prep work mold line clearing etc for scar brand and a bloodthirster
0: there you go yeah, everything yes. I've been I'd, hearing is real jazzed for Scarbrand to show up and like just yeah. wreck everything yes. he comes into contact with. Hunt things into the
1: ether. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna that be feels great. Feels like a bold move to take um, take chariots. Like, yeah. given their history,
2: <laughs> I don't know, it's probably not. Listen, I'm not known. <laughs> my army lists are not known for being the most well optimized.
1: Were you running triple monolith like an absolute king? Or yes. like two of them in the silent king or something like I, that? I've done that before. It's also,
2: I mean, yeah. you can run, if you're not, if you make good probabilistic decisions in game, you can show up, <laughs> you can show up to an RTT with triple monolith and like not do terribly. Hell yeah.
0: Make, make some dude with his uh like legion lore appropriate ultramarines who show up just with bolters really depressed when they can't wound a monolith. Yeah, yeah totally.
2: <laughs> And there is, I mean, they're surprisingly like, they're like, wait, you're charging me in close combat with that? You're like, yeah. You're like, okay. Roll the hit. No, I don't do that. You just take six hits. You just Straight
0: take base. D6 Thunderhammers right there, face.
2: Just like, here you go. How, what damage are those? Three. Oh. So I, I guess these are just dead now. I'm like, yep. <laughs> Didn't see that competition.
1: <laughs> the problem so is getting
2: good. around all the fucking terrain since they don't have fly. Uh, but that's, yeah, <laughs> that's its own issue.
1: Oh, dude, the best thing I found with to do with monoliths is when people are playing with them in TTS, you just like mouse over them. If, you can, if you're allowed to join the game for whatever reason to spectate rather than just like Discord screen shares, you mouse over them, hit the F key, and it flips them upside down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if I did that to Danny or I just told his opponent to do it when they were playing. <laughs> just that that
0: does sound like something to do to uh, Danny, Danny McDevitt. Yeah. Um, yeah. of other pro- podcast fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah. go watch Grim After Dark if that's your deal. Yeah. Oh, Some John, John like it, is,
2: it is my first time on the main show, but I was on the uh, WTC draft where I had no clue what I was doing <laughs> previously. No, there,
0: two of us I had love no Anthony. clue what we were doing, and three people knew exactly what they were doing because they were on WTC
1: teams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony knew exactly what he was doing. It wasn't good though, but man, no. it was, I, I appreciated so much what he was, like, yeah, like Australia, why undivided, Austria, just, he
0: like, <laughs> was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how these teams are ranked. I don't know who's on them. I don't pay attention, yeah. enough attention to like the WC team events. Cause like, I'm not going and we can't do stats on it, but right. so I don't pay as much attention to it.
1: Yeah, Anthony's like, <laughs> his WTC team knows that he hasn't had his math solutions yet. It's like, don't worry, Anthony. You don't need to count past 10. You don't even need to worry about numbers under 10. Just bring us 10.
0: He's <laughs> like, got boss. Anthony's only interested in yelling as loud as possible while running at his opponent with his army, which is fine. <laughs> what he's going to do, he's going to do it well. I don't know. I guess for my weekend. Someone...
1: Been... Oh, sorry. Someone Go needs ahead. to get Anthony to play orcs against Ennis and have him yell "Wag!" <laughs> oh, God. Ennis will have a stroke.
0: Ennis <laughs> might actually
1: just die on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> have he and Chris mailboxed Ennis yet? Wasn't they going to do that? Like, that, where Anthony gets into the ball behind him and, like, push?
0: Oh, I don't think so. Unless it's happened oh.
1: off screen for bonus content purposes. True.
0: Because <laughs> oh, they've already
1: done Scotland shenanigans.
0: And I will say there is bonus content coming straight out of uh, the WTC trip I've, I've done some meddling from afar that I think everybody will find extremely amusing when it gets released to the public as soon as I learn how to stitch yeah. video files together.
1: <laughs> um, Nathan has owner reverse carded me and like slid into my DMs while I'm on the show instead of it being <laughs> the other way around and sent me one of the videos like as a sneak preview it is it is very funny <laughs> Um, Are you gonna other, put the images in there as well, Nathan? Because that feels yeah, like gonna, equally, if gonna, not more important.
0: It'll be a whole thing, I promise. I'll probably <laughs> yeah. put it in the Discord first as like some kind of slideshow or something like that, so you all can see. You know, do the Max teacher thing and do a whole thing. Um, it'll be <laughs> great. Uh, other than yeah. that, I don't know. My weekend I've been planning an event, so we picked missions for our for an RTT this weekend, and we've Ooh. dealt with some like various things that we needed to do. And then I 3D printed uh some stuff like a death leaper proxy which is just death leaper hiding inside of a cardboard box, a la metal gear solid so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to find a way to do like i'm gonna print a ruin or something for him to be walking through like he's walking through a building after somebody so that'll be great other than that i just this post acquisition is like slowly deleting all my free time um so I get to play the occasional game. But other than that, too, I don't get to do a whole lot of 40k stuff at the moment. But October is coming up real fast. And I have like four events in October. Which might be too many events. My wife did definitely look at me today and be like, you're going to you're gonna do four GT sized events in a month. And I was like, yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you're going to be dead after the first one. And I'm like, yes, you're probably that not dead. That is accurate, yeah. Especially because Anthony will be here for one of those four events because he's gonna come to the Chicago Open.
2: Yes, there's like a 70 to 80 percent chance I actually make it to that work work dependent.
0: Okay, well, I hey. mean I, I have more floor if you want to sleep on it, but you probably <laughs> have like you <laughs> want to come have a slumber party with the rest of that group. I, think, I don't
1: think more. I don't think I'm gonna make it to that one. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I mean <laughs> You can hey, just, my objective um, markers should. Anthony should bring them. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be, that the, be something.
0: Oh, man, it'll be the Chicago Open, the Games Workshop Run event in yeah. early October. And yes, John Cox, I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Chicago, that that land of the middle of the North Midwest or the Central Region, as that lovely ranking system that was released last week. We'll get to call. It. <laughs> You um, couldn't call it the Midwest, so it's the central region because it included all the mountain states basically. In it's well.
1: But what, is, hmm? what are those memes? Is like the U.S., according to everyone else, and like the entire West Coast is just California, and the entire bottom's Texas, the top right's New York. I can't remember what was like the middle top area, but I think yeah. they also include Texas in it.
0: They just yeah. forget that Chicago exists, which, fair, a lot of people it's do. Texas
2: all the way through.
0: So this week's episode was really just to talk a little bit about stats and some, t- some table side math. We were originally going to have Peter the Falcon on. Unfortunately, he just had a conflict in his, fa- like, come up, so he had to cancel on us. So it's just me, Alex, and Cliff today. But we're going to talk about hopefully something that will be interesting to everybody. I know Cliff at least has something that he's writing that also is probably a good discussion topic for this episode. Yeah. Or- <laughs> We can talk about how you're all doing things wrong when you're thinking about how your unit's going to perform. And then I think Alex also has a topic that grinds his gears where everybody talks about how different
1: changes to your roles affect your actual efficiency when doing things. That sounds about right. I didn't quite know I had this gripe, but... I probably have seen you you something about this.
0: (laughs) Probably. It might just be a gripe that was directed at me because I disagreed with you once and then received, like, (laughs) a voice call and and then a message telling me to answer your voice call.
1: Probably. And then it was probably, like, irresponsibly late at night because that's the only time I do things. That's probably Um, it. But we can yeah. start
0: with whichever of you feels like you want to be the first on this. I know Cliff that you've had most of the you've had the article basically drafted that you wanted to post. Maybe you yeah. want to go first. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can go first. It's not it's not as much
2: I get upset because I see people doing it in games when I'm playing against them. So like this is a common thing that happens, and it's probably happened to a bunch of your tables too. You're playing a game. Someone across from you rolls something. They're like, oh, like I'm going I'm to kill this monolith this turn. And I'm going to set aside, I don't know, like uh, one Castellan and one other knight in close combat that will charge it. And they're like, cool, that should be enough. And they wait for that to happen at the end of their turn. They do a bunch of other stuff. They arrive at this point. And they whiff on their Volcano Lance. And they whiff in close combat with their gallant somehow. And they're like, how could that happen? on average, that monolith is supposed to be dead. Mm. It's like, yes, on average, it should be dead. However, <laughs> averages makes... do not happen a huge amount of the time. And then in fact, like what you're not looking to do, and this I don't think there's the fault of players necessarily as much as it is the fault of like the larger 40K like math analytical community that spends a lot of time focused on like average output of a unit. Especially with respect to damage against other kinds of units. You'll see a lot of stats and line are like, oh, this kills like 3.7 intercessors, or like 4.2 toughness 7, 13 moon vehicles, right? Like that, those are yeah. not relevant items to the approach that you should have when you play the game. Like you should be thinking about like what do I need to what do I need to happen this turn? How do I yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, what do I need to make sure it happens this turn? Cool. What are the resources I need to set aside to give myself a reasonably certain chance that that happens? And like that reasonably certain line is going to vary according to your personal like set like personal comfort level. I aim for like eighty-five to ninety percent. Like when I want things to happen, I really want them to happen, and so I try to do that first. Like here are the resources I'm going to commit to it. Let's see whether those work. And if it works before I've committed all those resources, great. Like I've got flexibility with my units and new decisions to make and new ways to allocate those previously allocated resources, right? Like that's how you want to think about the game uh, in terms of like certainty, taking actions to ensure those certain, those certainties occur and giving yourself the flexibility down the line in the event that you are pleasantly surprised when something goes your way uh, probability wise. Like don't assume the average is going to happen on every role you make in a game. Like you will lose most of your games that way i guarantee you like we're playing a dice game you could just like just just make sure that you're trying and willing to put a lot of resources behind making things happen in the game um, and don't fall for these like weird false narratives around like over committing resources or wasting wasting shots that's another thing that comes up often uh, like if you needed it to happen and it took your whole army shooting at something to ensure that that unit died, but it was really pivotal that that unit died, you did a good thing. It's okay to spend 2,000 points focused on getting like 400 points of work done because um, now you're up 2,600 for the rest of the game. Like that's good. Um, outside of that, there's other stuff, right? Like on paper, you look at a, like, uh, what are those Necron bikes? I don't even know what they're called now. Tomb blades. Yeah. Like you look at Tomb blade, you're like, oh, this unit's like, stupid like what does it kill is it easily killed like yeah but it's also like 60 points times three for like 15 secondary points like that's worth it it's absolutely worth it.
1: right don't do that this is necron think... secondary they score more than 15 points for you <laughs>
0: <Per> <laughs>
1: secondary.
0: Actually they, be good, <laughs> they would score 17 points each just yeah. to mess yeah. with your opponent yeah i think the key that to like one of the takeaways to take from that is like, you should really focus on probabilities more than you should focus on averages. And I think one of the things you just, you didn't mention, but I know that you've talked about before with me is when you're looking at averages, there's a whole distribution of events that occur within your, what you're doing. Um, and so when you look at averages, you're picking just like the most common result, but that doesn't mean that that most common result is going to happen a lot because that distribution could be wide, it could be narrow, so your variance could be high or it could be low. So sometimes that average of, ah, yeah, I'll kill five intercessors with this, but you have two die rolls, and if one of them fails, you kill zero intercessors. And if you succeed, though, you actually kill ten intercessors, and the average between those two points is five.
1: Well, and (laughs) so as a random example a bit like that right and because you were saying how distributions like and, and wide and narrow and stuff like that another weird thing with averages this is a bit of a tangent is like sometimes they don't fully account for like how things break down like if you've got a the night valiant harpoon right the big flat 10 damage stupid gun and say it's shooting a pyrovore that's like near that's got the mini transhuman from leviathan You're hitting on 2s, so hitting on 3s, winning on 3s. And it doesn't get a save, let's assume, right? That's pretty close to a 50-50. It's like 5 out of 9, I think. No. It's close to a 50-50, right? And it's a 10 damage thing. So you're averaging like 5 damage, and it's a 5-win thing. So it should die, right? Except it's a 10 damage chunk, so it can't actually, like you you can do either 0 or 10 damage with this one shot. That's like another weird thing of of like breakpoints. Um, so like, you know, you need like, you want like three or four of these things to like guarantee that the one thing goes down. So that's like the, the variance swing. Whereas if you had like a bunch of smaller shots, like say you had 10 shots that were still hitting on threes, winning on threes, that's going to be way more likely to every time do that 10 damage. Because like, if you've got one thing, it's way, uh, it's way easier for that to, spike one way or the other because it's just like a single die roll those like on their own get really wonky I'll let someone else like weigh in now
0: no that's true like I think there's a really good tool that people people use math hammer a lot which is one good utility but it shows averages which is fine like if you have like a really quick data check you need to make just to see like if you can even expect something to do a thing like an average is a good quick and dirty way of looking at something but it's not as useful as like knowing the probability that something's going to happen. And so unit crunch is another website. And so unit crunch lets you do all the same stuff that math hammer does. And then like shows the distribution and probability that different things are going to happen. And so yep. I was looking at it earlier today, and I was looking at five berserkers going into Legionnaires and you're looking at like, well, if I need to kill three, five on the charge have a 75 percent chance or something like that of killing at least three or more legionnaires on the charge like that's more useful yep. than knowing what the, the average is three
1: yeah I, I kind of want to weigh in now to like be devil's advocate a little bit where because okay. um and to like this is mostly the cliff's earlier argument of like you know oh yeah math hammer this does ex- this kills on average this many things or whatever and then you set the exact like you, you line up like right this should do the thing on average just kills it like that means there's a half chance it doesn't work because like if it's exactly on average half the time it'll do more half the time it'll do less less yeah. is results and not dead for the thing um especially if it's like a single big model that has a potential top bracket thing sure. um but averages are still useful for, um, for like, comparing between two things of, like, if you're, say, selecting your list or whatever, being like, okay, I want something that's reasonable to kill certain profile, right? Like, I've got 1,800 points and I'm worried about killing Leviathan Warriors or... <laughs> chaos terminators or something in which case one you probably need more than 200 points to do that good luck um (laughs) but also like maybe you want to work out like the best thing or you you're choosing between a couple weapon options that's where averages are quite good right like hopefully you guys agree with that point you're not like just average is always bad
2: yeah Um, I think I mean they're they're really useful as an initial screening tool to see like what is the most appropriate uh like unit or weapon to use in a given situation but past that, it's over, right? Like once, once you get past yeah. that initial, like, which of these tools is best for a given situation? Um, you're really jumping more into Once you start jumping into allocation of resources, you really just want to look at, like,
0: what is the likelihood. likelihood
2: that I get at least the outcome that I'm looking for? And how do I increase that likelihood? This is why rerolls are so incredibly valuable, because they not only increase the likelihood, but they also really tighten the distribution uh, of outcomes in a way that's, like, much more... Uh, much more easily anticipated and much easier to plan
0: around yeah it yeah. like um, right shifts all those things so like you're sure. getting higher chances and stuff happening essentially because i'm pretty sure rerolls are well. probably
1: like self-correcting a little bit right like if you roll lower on your first batch you get like more chances i don't i haven't thought about whether or not that actually has like a mathematical basis or just like it's my gut feeling um <laughs> i oh Wait, I had so, I had one other point to make on the cliff side. oh yeah, yeah averages are also like easy to calculate right so there's a yeah. reason there's other reasons that like people do it because you know you can go and you calculate it, it's like right I have let's go with 12 shots right I got 12 shots I'm heading on threes so that means eight hits I'm wounding on fours because I knew math easily on it. that means I have four wounds um, and I they get a, a four up save so I should do two wounds should go through right like that's that's easy to do you can like if you're like above the average anthony in maths capability you can do that at the table um yeah. or you can like whip out your calculator um <laughs> and
0: i think part you know, of it like, is just like the familiarity with like those things right yeah. knowing that your average is like a small number of dice as well like you're when you're at a table you're throwing a very statistically small number of dice at a thing Like if you fire 10 bolter shots and you're like looking at just 10 events on that scale, like it's very easy to get on one end or another end of it as well on the distribution. And that's when people frequently hear the like complaint. Well, I failed five of my 10, like I failed five out of six, four up saves or something like that. And I should have made three, right? Cause three is
1: after three, I was due.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: I learn to learn to learn to. <laughs> oh, dude, mathematical. That's because I didn't swap the dice. Wait, Cliff, do you still do that? Do you like, if if you like roll bad, do you like switch the die? Oh, like it's an important roll, and you like, I need to roll anything but a one. You for like an advance roll, roll it. It's the one. It's like, all right, see if you re-roll Do you get a different die? Do you do that sort of like stupid gamer?
2: Like- no, it totally. It totally depends on like. I literally just pick up whatever's closest. So if I roll the dice okay. and it's like off of the ether, I'm like, okay, this one now. Like, yeah, I'm I'm fully committed to the like
1: the world is random there. no I don't care. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Because I still do I still have like these little wee hang-ups <laughs> or like superstitions. Like I know it doesn't mean anything, yeah, yeah. but it's still like sometimes it's just that it makes me feel better or it's funny. It's like I'm not using you again. This one. Yeah, this will do way better. And like no
0: I definitely yeah, have like um, dice that I feel better about like in that same way. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm going to roll my drakari dice for this die roll because I feel like they make more feel no pains than my other dice do. And it's like not yeah. Yeah. not even remotely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like one of those funny things where I'm like, oh, man, this roll is important. I'm going to grab my favorite dice. They yeah. won't fail me. They got it's my like- back.
1: Cliff has ascended here is like above all of the like human bias. He, no, so, no,
2: it's, it's only with dice shit, man. Like like for what okay. like in the in old basketball days when I was a younger person. <laughs> I was like, I need a pack of gum. I'm gonna switch the pack of the switch the stick I'm chewing at the beginning of every quarter, then I'm gonna switch to two that I eat during halftime. And like one at the pregame level. layup <laughs> it was just like a whole it was a whole thing.
1: Yeah. Oh man. lovely. I think also, superstitions man, it's great. are like,
0: fine too, like rituals and superstitions. are on like yeah. the stuff that you do. It's yeah, like yeah. it's fine to do it if it makes you happier when you're at the table about it. Just don't ever think that it's actually helping you at the table. Right. Either.
1: Yeah, well, like, and also, like, depending on the thing, right? Like a like a hype song or, or Cliff's um like gum thing for basketball. Also, just classic Cliff move of referencing basketball. Um, if you're in the Discord, <laughs> you will know what I mean. <laughs> um, uh yeah like that's some of that could help like of actually focusing you and like improving your mental state Um, if you're doing it with dice it will not make a difference unless you've like got a a special set aside batch that like doesn't have twos or weighted or something and don't do that Um,
0: like my team all my dice are microwaved that's just
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh, oh dude balance <laughs> huh yeah oh no I remember like a meme of like high school robotics where like someone put a joke image of like boil your wheels they'd like in a pot anyway and then some team did it and got pinged for like illegally yeah. modifying parts that's as much as I'm going to the story but the microwaving dies <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: well people oh. like they're like it's good to remember that you, the two die rolls are like not dependent on one another. So, like, if you roll a one yeah. once, you're not more or less likely to roll a one a second time. Yeah, yeah. With that same die, they're like mutually exclusive events, guys. Yes. You got to remember yeah. that nobody, nobody cares. Like yeah. the the rules of fate don't, and like dice don't care if you roll a one that one time and you could equally roll one the second time. Yeah you are not due. If you, if you roll <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that, like the actual lesson from this episode is just going to be you are not due success just because you roll dice. Like sometimes sometimes you're just yeah. gonna fail. Yeah. And sometimes that's just how it works.
1: Oh god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Dude>, uh, I <laughs> this is so funny as it's like Oh, man, there's still so many of these things where I'm like, oh, come on, man, I, I, I need a, a thing, right? Like, I think that, I'm trying to, like, convince myself, like, yeah, 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 this will be fine, even though I know it in the back of my, like, logically, I know, like, well, I mean, there's not any benefit, but, like, yeah, come on, I'm confident. It's not going to make a difference, but it makes me feel better before I see the dice to be like... <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> i need
2: the six. I believe that i'm gonna roll this six here
1: we go yeah 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 yeah. so there's like so many hang-ups and stuff that like they're fine to have if it makes you feel better but like do tr- as best as like humanly possible do not let that sort of stuff affect your decision making besides like i'm gonna pick up this dice because it makes me feel better right like it's it's not gonna improve your odds it might just improve you know your happiness yeah um which is important makes you happy to
2: roll that dice you roll that dice. yeah
1: you gotta like feel happier before the die roll lets you down anyway you just come crashing down (laughs) even further it's nice to like
0: have those things to not get tilted because getting tilted after that and like part of understanding like how this math works is just not getting as tilted by it when it just like swings hard against you it's like knowing that sometimes like in a dice game the variance will screw you over like dice don't care if you want to be happy or not or if you want to make four ups or two ups or three ups like the dice just don't
1: care oh and And just to like float a thing based off that because like the whole the classic of like you know you blaming dice on a loss that's you know top if you want to do well don't blame your your losses on dice or things like that right but there are also times that it can be valuable to Say if you're having a practice game right and like something happens uh i'll i'll, I'll give this example because i know cliff will love it the this is back in like crusher stampede leviathan turn meta i advanced like peak hiveguard right i i ran a magera up on a flank got to uh touch a ruin because it like zoomed real far and it just got to like get its flamer onto some hiveguard right these are so these had, like, a 6-up no Pain. Oh, this is, like, all the maths things. They had, like, 6-up no Pain, 4-up Armour save. I've got 2d6 hits that wound on twos. I roll, like, 9 on my 2d6. Like, sweet, we're doing pretty well on here, right? It's not the Assault 12, like, uh, Red Cleanser Classic, but it's pretty good. I wound with, like, 8 of them on twos. Yeah, it's maybe slightly higher, but, you know, within that's pretty average. And then my buddy rolls seven failed saves out of eight dice or something like that and we both just sort of like look at the dice box like huh so that was a thing and he goes to like do the fiona pains which should roughly halve the damage output it's a bit under no it it has the damage be a bit over half i'll like later on the fiona pain math so i'll go into that more but he he does that and it just like but it doesn't do well either and it just like wipes the hive guard squad and we're like well shit uh that's like not meant to happen so and we like identified that like man that is wild and this is like top of turn one or whatever right that i'm just like yeah i'm advancing everything because he's hidden everything i couldn't see well this is one thing i can do and then we do that and we're, like well this isn't going to be a game so how do we like resolve this so we can actually have like a meaningful practice game and he just re-rolled his saves and like did all right and then we played from there they were like half the squad or something weird um so there are times where like identifying like oh those dice were like way off average and sometimes doing something about it if you want to practice game like that can be worthwhile or if you've like played a game and you th- and you're like I think some of these units were rolling a bit hot right or a bit cold and so you know don't don't be too worried if um and human bias can be bad for that right but if you're like trying to evaluate a game just like if someone's down on the unit just be like yeah i think they underperform slightly so just bear that in mind after game that can be fine and also if you say you're like in this goes on this a bunch say you have a plan to like okay well i don't think i've got great odds of winning i'm gonna go for this nine inch charge because if i hit that i should win the game um or you know it, you've got really good odds uh and you can go all right I'm going to try and go for this play. I acknowledge that there's, you know, whatever chance of it failing. Or even if you're playing on, like, a six-inch charge without a reroll, right? You, you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to go for this play, but I acknowledge it could fail and the dice could screw me, but you're just sort of accepting that risk. Those are all, like, a bunch of different things. I'm going to stop talking now. Hopefully you guys can, like, weigh in. No, that, that's, <laughs>
0: that's good information, Great. really. Um, yeah. And especially for practice, like, the key there is, like, If you have like extreme outliers, like if your opponent rolls six ones on seven two up saves, like that's an extreme outlier right on one end of the distribution. And sometimes it's better to do what you did and just like go back and be like, well, I can't count on this happening most of the time. And unless I'm going to get good practice reps out of it, there's no point playing as if my opponent is going to roll all ones. Because that's not something you can guarantee yeah. Yeah. when you're playing the game. Unless you yeah. microwave their dice ahead of the match while microwaving your team so you can drink tea. While- My guy, <laughs> I seen
1: you a kettle. Use it. Does the show have a halftime? <laughs> I
0: mean, no. We're not going to stop.
1: Uh,
2: I think conversely, um, though, it's like, Your opponent, it depends on what the goals of your practice game are, right? Because your opponent can say, like, huh, that could happen to me in a game. And, like, I'm going to need to figure out how to play my way out of that. If and when eventually it does. you play enough games, like, all this crazy stuff is going to happen to you at some point. Um, So there could have been a universe where your opponent was like, all right, that sucks. But here we are. Like, how do I attempt to maximize the rest of this and try to salvage it uh, now that all my hive guard are gone?
1: oh it was only half by the way he had like two units just oh close. he was going to full okay never mind. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel sure. that bad I don't sure. feel that yeah. bad yeah. I don't <laughs> that
0: um, and I mean when we talk about some of the stuff we are obviously assuming like paradise like yeah. dice yeah. are not all created equal Some no, dice,
1: squig dice are a tier above all
0: that's true. <laughs> Um, I mean sometimes like archons with shadow fields just like to die to bolter fire right away sure. like that's
1: just how that works um, Hang on. I feel like Archon shooting them with Walters is like one of the best ways to get through the Shadowfield, though, it right? Is. Like, like, they just fail yeah. that
0: first save every time, and that's just how it works. <laughs> yeah. I think, the... I think the first time I played um, into Orcs, a Dakajet flew over after my Raider got popped by something else and just like fired 36 shots, and he failed the very first of the 36 saves that he needed to make on his two up save and then just died.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, Dekhajet's probably, like, up there in list of, like, one of the best things to try pop an Archon's thing, right?
0: Oh, definitely. It's, like, definitely a high-volume thing where it's good at that situation, but failing that first save is just always the
1: best feeling. (laughs) most satisfying one I've had is Bloodshield Carnivore. Just run in and be like, yeah, all right, here's (laughs) eight attacks on twos, then twos, doing D3 plus three at AP4... Oh, and I turned off your involve. No, Good right luck. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, that's when somebody taunts you, though, and like rolls them just one at a time, like in TTS. Like you have to, but like that's when somebody just taunts you by making all of them,
1: Nathan the blood shield turns off involves he dies he doesn't get interaction <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke i was going for God there damn it. Yeah. i don't know
0: as as you can tell i don't know every faction's freaking relic I'm i crazy. said it turns
1: off involves dude
0: <laughs> i missed that part i just heard blood shield and i was like oh that sounds like a thing <laughs> Look, guys, I know I a lot about proteomics. I don't always know a lot about
1: Chaos Night rules. You were telling me before you didn't know about that. You were complaining when you had to do a test. Or was that a different word that sounded an, like proteomics that you had to do a test on?
0: It was an instrumentation test, so it's different but the same. Okay, it's both different and the same thing at the same time. It's different because it's far more technical and far less sciency. It's more like. How does this magnet pull these ions so that it's they separate by charge so that you can measure their mass over charge ratio as they hit? The I don't know, sensor. but like it
1: makes a fun like bird noise in the background when you're recording at the lab. That's, That's the NMR, which is a giant <laughs> magnet. Dude, I look. I figured there was a pretty reasonable chance you were talking about the same machine, or I just give me this one. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> back. Just going back to, like, averages and expected outcomes and stuff. A quick yeah. a quick rule of thumb, because obviously you can't just pull out, like, a probabilistic distribution calculator at the table. And if you have that, share it with us all, because that would be amazing. <laughs> but generally, it's, it is pretty easy to calculate an average. If the average is what you're looking for to happen, and you want to make sure that it happens, just, like, throw twice as many dice at that thing to give yourself a really good chance of that occurring, or at least be prepared to throw twice as many dice at that thing to achieve the same outcome so it's pretty yeah. unlikely that you don't actually get to the average average result
1: uh, yeah yeah I think um, that's a good rule of thumb I hear, like, yeah I know like and heuristics can be a cool thing like yeah. I there was some podcast that Brandon Grant was on I don't know okay random aside I hate like saying his name in non-American accent so it's not Brandon Grant um it throws me off anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so he was on a podcast right and he had this really good thing talking about heuristics we're like mm-hmm. was it to kill like one space marine you needed like 10 rapid firing guns, or well, there was some number or whatever yeah, right just because yeah. god sadness maths um <laughs> and uh but yeah just if you've got some stuff like in the back of your head that, that can be useful for that's like it does about this you know on average, but sometimes it's like a, bu- a bunch of dice to do about a thing that's useful, um, that you then need to multiply. Um, and so some of that stuff you can... So that'll be... You'll be wounding on fives, right? So that means you need twice as many to do the same damage to a knight, where you're wounding on sixes. Um, because, yeah, three-up save, laser guns, wound on fives into toughness four, sixes into toughness eight, right? Like, some of that sort of stuff you can... If you've got some of that and, and like quick uh, comparison, yeah, maths basically can be useful. Maybe it's not as straightforward as, as that to everyone, but um, yeah, that's. I'm gonna end my tangent here because I'm lost.
0: Practice can also just help you with that because it gives you an yeah. idea of feel. like how that unit is going to perform, <laughs> and like multiple instances of that performance into a target is gonna give you a better idea. Than like an average by itself will because that is multiple sessions of you running a unit into something else. And you retain, I think, better when you like actually fail or succeed at the tabletop rolling dice than just looking at unit crunch or some other probabilistic model on the side beforehand where you calculate out like and write yourself a spreadsheet of all the probabilities that you've got or write yourself on an app just so you can do a probabilistic model at the table side. While your opponent is running their turn or something like that, I don't know. But it yeah. practice is another way just to get a good like eyeball idea, like mental note kind of situation. But it is good to know that like sometimes still variants will screw you over and you'll still fail.
1: Yeah. Um, final thing on the whole, Cliff's earlier bit on the like you know oh on average these two things should kill this thing and I really need it done right like. And especially playing lower lower model count and also lower activation armies um, like knights that can be that can be really good where like you can get bigger swings and variants right so you can get a whole lot out if you're like all right I you if you come up with say like a list of target priorities or whatever right like this needs to die then this I would expect to die and then this would be like nice if, if something goes well and so then you you line up like so that everything can see the one thing that needs to die, right? And then, like, some things can see the next target, and then, like, the last thing you're going to shoot has, like, an extra target, right? And so you can go, so maybe the, like, I've done this sort of thing when I was playing Triple Maguero, right? Which is wild swingy, because you've got, like, Tesla on your main gun, and it's, like, moderate (laughs) AP. So, like, sometimes it's like, okay, if I really want to get a Rhino, I probably want all three of these things to light it up, Right? Whereas other times, sometimes one dude is just going to be like, nah, I'm waking up. That Rhino, got it, boss. It's just going to get, like, flatlined, and, like, I'm going to double its health. Um, And, uh... Yeah, and so you're like, okay, well, the first thing killed it, right? So then the next unit's going to try, like, shoot the contents, because it was lined up, and that's opportunistic. Do that. And then you move on, and, like, you sort of go through a sequence, like, plan out this needs to shoot in this order, and then some stuff can, like, charge the contents, yada, yada, yada. That that's like the best way to go around you know like on average this should do the thing right so and i'm gonna have a bit of a plan if it goes above average and a bit of a plan if it goes below average and like weight the importance of different things happening is yeah. you can get a lot better by just sort of i don't think that takes too much math sometimes you can just do it with practice right like of this should do this but like i might need xyz for backup yeah you can always sit at your desk and just roll some dice
0: if you're like well that's gonna up. be like
1: Polarizing out. for some people.
0: I mean, you can, because like, but the other thing is, I think to remember is just because you plan on committing two units into something doesn't mean that you have to do it. Like, you can commit that first unit and it dies, and then you haven't like wasted the second unit by planning to use it to do something. You can use it to do something else. <laughs> this I is love for how... Sam. This is just for Sam. Gonna... So just oh, for shit Sam Sam who's saying stupid Magera.
1: Oh, uh, no, no, no. This Cliff, one? I think, Cliff, he means the one in um in PTS, which does look a lot like that one that I played him with. <laughs> yeah, Sam's <laughs> uh, yeah, so getting dragged up, just like you drag up the stupid CavCon tables. So, yeah, Cliff, do you know the story? I was playing him, this was like the week of leviathan supplement release it also involves 12 hive guard um we were playing on like the dawn of war no the, the hammer and anvil four objective one battle lines yeah that one and he had like the perfect wtc ruin like on his dz edge right it was the big solid you can't see one had like three stories so we could stack all his hive guard right on the front middle of his oh, deployment God. zone so it's just like yeah they can shoot whatever yeah um and i think I can't remember who went first. Maybe it was, a, I think he went first as well. Cause he moved some gene stealers up on one of the objectives. I'm just like, this isn't sustainable. Um, <laughs> I blitz one idiot Magira up like full charge him and, and, hit some gene stealers on an objective, um, being like maybe the 12 attacks kill these 10 gene stealers. It's really not likely it didn't happen. Cause you know, that's, expect or is a bit less, right? That's you know playing averages. And even with that play, I was like, oh I need like an eight on the dice. So this isn't a super likely play, but I'm gonna try it. And it worked out. Um I say that because yeah averages. Uh yeah and then he goes like he shoots it a bit goes to charge with Swarm Lord uh who has catalyst and the Flyerant. This is not like Reaper Flyer, it's just a basic idiot one. Um swarmlord with catalyst dies to overwatch <laughs> um other guy comes in i rotate Maguire. i don't know if i see the thing it bounces as like four attacks right and so th- actually this is relevant right so uh because math sort of stuff right so the this shouldn't have happened but it's not like massively surprising Oh, with catalyst it's pretty surprising um so like magira's have the eight shot triple hits on Sixes gun right which means on overwatch you probably get about three hits you might not get any, but it's not really that surprising if you get nine hits, right? Eight dice rolling three sixes, that's pretty like, not too crazy, just then when you triple it, it gets bonkers and then those wound all right, and he happens to like, not roll too many invols it's a sad flyer, then you've got the auto-hitting 2d6 flamer, right? That's like 2d6, that's wild, if that rolls a bit high, not that surprising Um, wounds on twos into non-vehicle no AP, also going to be a bit wonky when you got a three-up save. Sometimes you get a couple of those things, like you roll the nine hits, and they mostly wound alright, right, which is not surprising. Uh, and then you roll like a bit higher on the Flamer, and they spike low on saves, like Sam did, and you just get a Catalyst Swarmlord Ace to Overwatch. It happens, you know?
0: Um, There's nothing then... wrong with like taking high risk high reward plays like that either
1: for yeah. Like SVP, right? oh yeah 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 we, we discussed later there were some things to like could have avoided overwatch that would have been you know beneficial yeah. um and then yeah and then the flyer in charging in as well with like because he, he shot the Magira down to like 12-ish wounds right and so these two going into to kill it were pretty reasonable but just the overwatch went wonky and then like the lower attack he had about four attacks the flyer trying to hit me and maybe or maybe it was a bit more right but he rolls a couple ones to hit or something weird like that they wound all right because he's got the re-roll wound stratagem and i just happen to roll most of my involves pretty well because i've got like three four up involves to make right like and i just happen to pass all of them that's not that surprising if i'd whiffed all of them and that one idiot left had also killed the, the um my knight wouldn't have been that surprised either you know it happens um so yeah that is, that is why Sam is upset with magera So, Hey buddy, how you doing in chat? That's, um, tough. that's tough. But we can claim that's a little bit of stats. Yeah.
0: yeah. So Cliff, do you want to close us out on this topic then with like a take home message for yeah, our sure. lovely so watchers? In, in the game of Warhammer
2: 40k, uh, averages are a useful initial screening device to determine which tool you need to use to accomplish a given job. But the performance of that tool and the resources that you expect to allocate to the to the execution of a given goal in game has gotta be rooted in probabilistic analysis. And you have to be prepared and in fact anticipate the need to overcommit resources to accomplish your goal and be pleasantly surprised when you don't have to. It's like, you know, overshoot. Do too much damage. Be ready to do all that stuff in your head, just to make sure that what you need to happen happens on the table.
1: Yeah. So with that. Oh, and if if the words probabilistic analysis scare you, um, which is probably reasonable. Um, I just mean yeah. how likely a thing is to happen. That's yeah, all yeah, I mean. yeah, right. Then, like <laughs> another way of thinking about it is, yeah, don't averages are good as like a, a, a rule of thumb sort of thing, right? But have a plan for like when things go awry of averages right and you don't need to have done stats for that some of that could be you've just like had a bunch of experience and like you know about what you need and some of it can just be like i really need to make sure this thing's dead let's make sure like cliff said two or three times the average amount of stuff needed to hit the thing is hitting the thing yeah that can fall under the broad bucket of probabilistic analysis right because you're like analyzing Some of it could be a bit seat of the pants, you know, like the odds of something happening.
0: And what we can do real quick is we can take a five-minute break if you want to, Alex, so that you can yell about something, but also so you can plug your, (laughs) plug your, plug your thing. Oh no, that was just so I could.
1: The asking about a break was so I could yell at you to go and, like, use your kettle. Make
0: some tea. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the air conditioner is on, actually. And if I use the kettle and the air conditioner at the same time, sometimes it trips my breaker and shuts oh, off, shit. like, half the power in my apartment. So, as much as, so as, the kettle is spiteful in return about it. Um alex what I'm fucking kidding.
1: kettle did you send to nathan to <laughs> literally the, the cheapest way. one that john quinnell <laughs> and i could find on target <laughs> That was so, yeah like i dude, john was such a champ in that like because i was like oh i want to mess with nathan oh i the there's the buy sell trade page Maybe he's done something the only person that had was john and like within the same one minute discord message timestamp had been like hey john I want to troll Nathan or like whatever I opened with, within the same like one minute set of things, I'd got the address. We had like half a dozen or a dozen messages, and I'd got the thing through. <laughs> and then yeah, this is,
0: this is how I received an anonymous kettle in the mail and was very confused. In case people are wondering, because I used to microwave tea just to mess with all the the British colonials essentially and the. Yeah. Everybody who at one time or another looked at <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Everybody not no. in the in the United States, basically, who, who drinks tea was very
1: insulted. I think um, even some people in the US, right? I'm gonna give you guys benefit of the doubt that some of you Cliff, you're you seem wrong. like an adult. Do you own a kettle? I do own a kettle, yeah. Okay, good, good, yeah. good,
2: It's <laughs> like the old school whistly one though. It's not a fancy electric
1: one. Like a stovetop thing, or is yeah, it electric? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's thing. how
0: you know. That. That's how you know Cliff is an adult. He has is, is I'm, an I'm a coffee account. drinker though,
2: and we have, like I'm like eight to ten cups a day. It's pretty intense. Uh, but <laughs> I've got a coffee machine that you just throw the beans and it's burr grinds it on the spot and like produces freshly ground coffee every morning, which is just great. Yeah,
0: Fully We have three different ways of making coffee in this apartment now. So we have the AeroPress that my wife uses to make like a fake yeah, kind yeah. of version of espresso. Um, we have the drip coffee maker that I use to make like my 12 cups of coffee that I need to survive on a daily basis. Yep. And, and then we all, well, actually we have four. We also have the French press and then we have the, uh, <laughs> the fancy like filtered glass cistern thing that has like metal Ooh. filters that you put in it that I can't remember the name of anymore. So we have like four different ways of making coffee. Coffee it's siphon. not a siphon it's the siphons okay. are fancy that's like the thing where people it looks like a chemistry setup
2: yeah yeah if you go to I've the got... fancy
0: version of starbucks the reserve starbucks they'll set that up for you and it's literally like the funniest thing to watch because it looks like they're setting up just the craziest shit and then boiling <laughs> water and like pressures going and then like pops up from the bottom into the top and you're like what's going on
1: yeah, yeah. Do you know Alec in the BiffPod Discord, Nathan? He's local to me. He has one of them. He's, like, powerfully student, right? And so, like, lives <laughs> off a pack and a half of ramen and, like, many cups of coffee a day. Yeah. It's just, like, it's weird. But he has this, like, nice coffee siphon. Um, <laughs> and, like, he he's also got, like, a nice, like, really nice set of uh, headphones. Because I noticed the box. Because I know my brother bought the same ones after yeah doing stuff and i'm like hey you got the fancy things and he's like yeah yeah, i saved up like for years or something for these things well i don't know what it was but yeah (laughs) (laughs) so he's got like coffee siphon plays warhammer so like as the contrast like it's just like nothing um <laughs> it sounds, it sounds like an
0: accurate undergraduate
1: yeah. experience i
0: won't lie
2: yeah, yeah. yeah the term powerfully student is so good i'm gonna I'm
1: yeah gonna do it. dude it's like lucas is like i think he's the person that i coined that term from because like describing his eating eating nothing but like an apple and a Wetzel's pretzel to make to shed it round of lvo is where i like got that description
0: <laughs> is he the person who was like eating beans to fuel himself through something? I yeah, this is Lucas. That oh, that was like, Lucas. From, okay. um, yeah. <laughs> from yeah. Best in Tabletop Network, also yeah, yeah. on a podcast by them. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, so good. While yeah, we're on the I'll Best in Tabletop Network, topic you should plug your stuff real quick alex before oh yeah I, I gotta i
1: gotta do one more thing on on alec right because he he also like it was a real big deal with because he's like a bunch of guys in the warhammer that's like a warhammer flat and so a chunk of that they moved from an old one to a new one and it's like it's great the living room doesn't have mold in it anymore <laughs> which is just like such a sort of student comment <laughs> <as well. laughs> <loose>. oh, no. <laughs> yeah dude like New Zealand like New Zealand doesn't get cold enough for um, for how like it doesn't get cold enough that we need insulation, you could just like throw a bit more coal on the fire back in the good old days when like a bunch of these houses were made probably. Um, so like we don't have proper insulation, but it still gets cold enough that it's like bloody cold when you're a poor student and can't heat your room. Um,
0: <laughs> when you yeah. can't meet your when you can't meet your coal bill.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. We've got hydro dams, things have improved. We've actually got like clean energy here. Um, yeah, so sure. what was the next topic? If we're not doing a break, I was oh, yeah, plug the show, right? Yeah, plug frontiers. <laughs> I derail my own show as well as this show. That's um...
0: fine. I'm gonna try, I'm trying to like shove it gently back to the rails. That's like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, look, like I know I take things off topic. I hope it's generally funny. Cliff laughing makes me think I'm on a right <laughs> okay track. Um, We've yeah, kept like around like, fifteen right. to
0: twenty viewers the whole time, so I think we're doing okay. It's
1: fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll be like, all right, I've got on a tangent. Someone help bring us back. Like I'll, I'll <laughs> I am a little bit self-aware of like my own my own dice quirks and stuff. Like where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get this like other die to like make no statistical difference, but it makes me feel better. I'm a bit aware of that and I'm aware that like, I go on these tangents and do this stuff, um, mm-hmm. and then try to come back. But I think Definitely. it's fun. I do it when I'm tutoring, too. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, my, I, my, one of my joking like philosophies there is, like, I, I like to be equal parts sarcastic and helpful. Um, Definitely
0: not. I've never seen you go off topic, not even once. <laughs> <laughs> not even right now, when you're trying to rerail yourself.
1: i wasn't trying to rerail myself to clarify Um, anyway (laughs) plug my show yeah frontiers on the best in tabletop network which you guys are no longer on because you're like we're gonna go do like all of our own things um but back on yeah the the wonderful best in tabletop network i have now the new best show as decided by you guys um where we talk about like our own nonsense and try sort of the the like uh, the public message thing (laughs) is uh we shed a spotlight on like lesser known areas of the world because if you're in the u.s nowhere outside the u.s exists right as shown by their non-statistical ranking system um (laughs) and yeah so we like get interviews from people basically wherever sam who's the organized one on the show can wrangle and love you sam for doing that so we've had like uh joker and tweak from uh, contact lost from poland we've had like a couple people from korea we've had Colombia, tasmania and australia a bunch of others that i'm probably forgetting so sorry to all those people you've all been great i'm just not good at things other than rambling <laughs>
0: That's, that's our also, show while I'm going to do all of our plugs. Since if you're here, you might as well hear the plugs <laughs> for this show as well. <laughs> so yeah, jokes listening... on you, Nathan. I've just like had everyone leave because I'm talking about nonsense. If you, you want to <laughs> talk to Alex and to Cliff and to myself more, because Alex is actually in our Discord, you can do that by joining our Patreon at patreon.com/slash stat
1: check, I believe, or maybe slash C slash stat check, because
0: I don't know how links work and i don't usually do Just this part of the slide
1: show. into nathan's dms and like ask i'll the send entry. you a link if
0: you slide into my dms yeah
1: it works that's how i was like i think maybe the second or third person in the discord server because i was like oh what chris is in there i need to go race him to get in um <laughs>
0: then, then i sent you a Patreon <laughs> link and it was like
1: go sign up for the patreon and you can join discord so i was like the second or third person there it's true
0: so if you join the, a di- good the patreon you get Discord access. If you join one of the higher tiers, you can get access to helping us determine how we torture Anthony with learning later on. So if you re- if you want to spend $15 a month, you can help guide my next topic choice for Anthony Learns by Suffering is what the tier is called. Um, it also gives you, at any of the that tier or any of the other tiers, if you are able to support us, that's great. You get access to all of our bonus content. I'll give you a preview of this upcoming week's content that I'll post on Friday most likely is a wonderful friend of the show uh <laughs> has given anthony some homework while he's at wtc and thank you chris for for doing this for me for printing it out bringing it to belgium and then giving him homework and recording it um so i hope you all look forward to watching anthony get tortured by math unexpectedly cuz it's great fun um but yeah join our patreon you can join us in the discord you can talk to us community is getting really quite vibrant i think and like there's a lot of discussion going on uh there's people pretty much talking about all sorts of stuff and everything and a lot of people
1: talking about star wars legion
0: as well although not as much now um
1: if you join quickly there's the like at wtc channel where there's like cliff and Anthony, no, not Cliff, Curie. Man, I'm good at things. (laughs) 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 Curie, Anthony. They start with Caesar, right? That's that's what I (laughs) thought. There's actually
0: just a bunch of people in there who are at WTC, um, who are just chatting about WTC and what's going on, including some people like uh JSJ and Rob Williams who are also there from for different teams. And if you join the, yeah, dis- yeah. the the Discord and the Patreon, you also get access to the WTC bonus episode that Ennis recorded with a bunch of first-time goers. You also get access to me and Cliff not knowing what we're doing as we draft WTC teams with three people who know what they're doing. <laughs> and you can join in on the Stat Check WTC draft where you can try to beat us, which you probably will for me and Cliff. Yeah, you will. You'll win. You will.
1: You'll probably be Anthony, too, who knew what he was doing. He was just like it's true it's like right we're gonna choose australians right so he chose australia then it was um warhammer <laughs> Every- it because there's an australian then austria and then he got upset because someone stole like one of the irelands from him
0: oh that's true <laughs> now we're gonna switch to something that i actually was the reason why i asked alex to be on this episode in the first place <laughs> which, which was so he could talk about um <laughs> Some wound efficiency stuff feel no pains and <laughs> yeah, out, no pain. so, yeah. modifiers increase efficiency which is funny because we we will then transition over to questions after that provided it doesn't take us an hour to do it but i may just cut alex off by muting him halfway through it and <laughs> then that's probably questions. a good plan i don't know but alex why don't you tell us a little bit about Kind of what spurred this and talk about the topics so we kind of get a general thought process going
1: can you help me like just a little bit because i know i've like messaged you about oh one of the things God. but i've messaged you about a lot of things and there's at least a couple of like different points i think you could be alluding to you're going to try point me slightly more on the right direction
0: <laughs> sure i actually have it because somebody asked this question and it's in our stat check discord for this reason. okay cool chat for this reason yeah Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, God. Can you guys two talk about yeah, something? I, I, it I can it for a bit, Nathan. I got this. <laughs> well, wait, I had no, 24 I, I was, I hours kind
2: of commentary of Well
1: We right?
0: were talking
2: about this and it came up. You, you were talking about like effective
1: wounds, right? Yeah. yeah, That I think that's a different thing to what Nathan was talking about. Uh, we but can talk about on, effective
0: wounds, though. We yeah, can yeah, talk yeah, about on one that. Because right. this is one thing wound. that, like,
1: the. Oh, we'll go back to the Field of Pain sort of stuff. Because, and yeah. this is one of the things I think you might disagree with me on, Cliff. Because, and I know there's stuff about armor saves that's similar. Goonham has done some articles that I think have got good maths, but maybe not the best presentation, some other stuff. Yeah. So, like, some things to think about of like armor saves and modifiers and a bunch of other stuff right like so just real quickly feel no pains functionally are like for a lot of purposes are functionally like just having a percentage of additional wounds the easiest one to think about is a four up feel no pain right Where you take half as much damage effectively right so you have effectively twice as many wounds because if you're taking half the damage one over a half is two hopefully people are okay with that maths um if not slide into my DMs or Nathan's or something, I don't know. Um, It'll be someone asking me in DMs about maths not terrain, which will be interesting. So yeah, if you've got, if you take half the damage, you've effectively got twice the wounds, right? Which is what a 4-up Feel No Pain is. Nathan's messaging me and I'm confused. Anyway, if you've got a 4-up Feel No Pain, you take half damage, twice as many wounds. A 5-up Feel No Pain is you take 2 thirds of damage, so you have 3 over 2 or 50% more wounds, right? this is the classic for like the custodies jet by captain who has like functionally 50 no hang on 15 ish wounds 13 mm-hmm. something like that right um and other things like that uh six out feeling pain is i could be wrong on this one because i don't remember but i'm pretty sure it's you have 20 percent extra wounds because you take five over six of the wounds so you have six over five effective wounds which is like 1.2, 20% extra. Cliff, does that make sense? Am yeah, I? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, cool. In fact, so I that's think like, you're like,
2: slightly underselling it. Because each wound you save on a feel no pain is a wound you get to take a feel no pain no, This
1: accounts for that. This accounts for it. That's another thing that like slightly upsets me. it, it is That's just the maths of the effective words. So I'll, I'll give an example to try. Oh, can I get a, a good number off the top of my head? Let's say you've got a six of feel no pain, right? right? So you've got six wound models. Six wound models are good for doing maths and stats on because we've got a D6 system. <laughs> a D6 Fractions thing. work good, right? Um, yeah. Say you've got a six wound model, right? And you take, no, no, you've got a five wound model actually, right? You've got a five wound model, so you, uh, so to effectively to, to expect to do it, right? And it's got a six up Fiona no Pain, and you want to hit it with, um, so you say, say you have six, you want to put six damage on it to deal with this five wound model right because if you put six damage on it it'll make on average oh, the average is on average <laughs> yeah on average you'll make one of your six field of pains so five damage goes through and yep. that um and that does the five one model it right six is 50 sorry six is 20 percent more than five maths do things um <laughs> if i have done something wrong and you want to prove it uh message me or direct your Complaints that Nathan or Sam Lehman from Frontiers just cause, like, you know, uh, yeah,
0: (laughs) the two people responsible for Alex's behavior are the people who are going to get blamed, (laughs) me and Sam. Yeah, Yeah. um, (laughs) well, like, so when we're talking about effective wounds, like, five wound models are obviously the easiest because it divides into nice fractions when you add extra wounds to it effectively, like, kind of. Yeah, I was thinking
2: more so. Imagine, imagine for a moment a 20 wound bottle, <laughs> right? We got a four up field, no pain. It somehow takes 20 wounds over the course of a shooting phase
1: in a single single round of shooting.
2: Like maybe a cow
1: hammerhead rolls a six to hit. Yeah. And, or like um,
2: Death Watch vets in the Army of Renowned are just like, we're just going to shoot a bunch of four saves at you because so they can be like, oh yeah, all these auto wounds, right? Like, although
1: that's a hammerhead it's funnier though, anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody uses that clip. Stop pushing Death Watch.
1: Uh, the <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you have got this twenty wound bottle. It's got a four up, feel no pain. It takes twenty wounds. Um, you feel no pain your way through ten of them. You take ten. Um, now you've got a new set of ten wounds, right? So like in theory, you're already at this like thirty wound cap because you were supposed to. You have this like four up, feel no pain. You have twenty. You save ten of them. You're like in this good place with respect to your overall wounds. But the remaining yeah. pool of ten wounds. Those each now have an additional four up. So, like, let's say you take 10 more wounds and you have an additional five. So you can throw an additional five wounds on top of your original wound count. So you get this like descending ladder of like bonuses that remain with respect to your field no pains so on wounds that exist, but they only exist because of previous field no pain rolls. So it like slightly rolls over into these like smaller and smaller bonuses over time. That's the yeah. only that's the only place where I'm like it's a, they're like they seem slightly more valuable for the purpose of your model continuing to exist on the table.
1: This is this is maybe a thing where I disagree. I might ha- not quite disagree with Cliff because, like, he's technically correct, right? Like, it's it's the same, right? So, <laughs> you, you, if you've got correct. twenty runes, right, half <laughs> the damage, you, you take half the damage every time, right? If anyone's ever seen the, this is probably showing like the sort of Facebook groups I'm in of like post grad and, and maths memes, but anyway, people may have heard of the whole like. There's a, a mathematician in a bar, right? And it's like there's some person he's interested in and every like however time you can get, you can halve the distance to get there. Or maybe it's like a mathematician and engineer and the mathematician's like, Oh, I'll never get there if you're only halving the distance every time, right? Whereas the engineer does something about like after a certain time you're functionally close enough or if you like if you halve the thing over and over every time, right? You can do the spooky maths thing called taking a limit. Um, But the upshot of it is basically, if you're halving like this thing every time, if you do that, like, effectively infinite times, um, it gets to being doubling the distance. It's like, to use maybe a real world example people will be familiar with, Compounding interest, which is probably just like upset a bunch of people from maths classes, but like interest from a bank, right? If you've ever like making money on it, you get like a percentage every so often. The more frequently you calculate that, theoretically, the more money you get because you get interest on your interest. That's like Cliff's thing of you getting feel no pains on your feel no pains that you've made, right? Like you agree this is the same thing, yeah. Yeah. But we also live in like it is.
2: normal. It's not like a full. You're not guaranteed this half off every time, which because we live
1: in the world. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, yeah. It's good so to this is like dice
0: don't have guarantees, and we're talking about averages. <laughs> <You're never laughs>
1: Guys, now you're tangenting <laughs> me. This is like in a reverse card land. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> so like this halving, 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 or like the feel no pain, on your feel no pains, right? that's that's cool that's like theoretically what's happening or that's like functionally what's happening or whatever right but it's not all that useful if you've got a i should put a thing out on this but like if you've got a if you've got the feel no pain right you take one over the sort of feel no pain and that'll give you your effective wounds right um so just some basic ones of a five up no pain gives you effectively 50 percent more wounds 1.5 times the wounds that accounts for this thing cliff was talking about we're like oh but if you make a successful feel no pain you can then try again on that feel no pain um this accounts for it it is in the same world as averages right it's it's the same sort of theoretical world of um uh like you know in theory but i personally feel like there's a place for like this is theoretically how it works for example to explain to people a 5-bit feel no pain is effectively 50 percent more wounds um, a 4-up no Pain is effectively twice the wounds. A 3-up no Pain is effectively three times the wounds. Um, and a 2-up is effectively five times the wounds? I'm not confident on that one because like it doesn't exist in the game and it's a, I haven't done the Fraction recently yeah. and checked it. Um, <laughs> Oh, Claire, don't! No, <laughs> we don't need to upfield and faint. Okay, they do exist in some weird things, like mortals or whatever. But like, yeah. no, we don't need that. We do not. I don't,
0: I don't yeah. actually even think it does exist anymore in uh, mortal wounds, nope. because far too have
1: it. For uh, there's a dreadblade thing that lets you get. It's either a dreadblade or a relic. I don't know. That lets you take the um. The dread gets to do the infernal thing. thing so you can cook yourself yeah. and you have a two up field of pain against the mortals. I'm pretty sure that's a thing that exists. Yeah, it's far tears with my
0: knowledge. We had, yeah. had the two up field of pain against mortal wounds specifically caused by perils. yeah
1: I think Magnus has like, that as well. I think. Yeah. I could be wrong. Anyway, they okay. exist in the game, but for niche cases, it's okay. g-dub don't make this a thing in the real <laughs> world, right? And this is like where. Like the the armor of contempt, the things where people get to like technically or or like get shorthanded to negative one plus saves and stuff like that, which is like the paladin brick and cover with the armor of contempt. That's where that starts getting really nonsense because if you, a two up save is twice as good as a three up save effectively. This might be a bit more like what Nathan was wanting to, to direct me towards, but anyway, mm-hmm. because if you have, if you put six, if you have to make six saves on a two-up save, and I'm going to the spooky averages world here because it's so much easier for explanations. In real world, your Archon will fail either as first or as hundredth shadow field, flicker field, whatever the save is called, right? It's, there's no in-between in, in real world, but in average world, right, put six on, one should theoretically be failed. Um, if you put Six saves. Shit, I forgot my main Oh, three thing. up. <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah, oh, three <laughs> up is two up. Yep, up. yep, yep. So if we've got a three up armor save, right, and you put six saves on them, you're expected to fail two. If you've got a, um, a two up, you put six saves, you're expected to fail one. So that's, you do twice the damage if you can get them from a two up save to a three up save, right? Or a two up save is twice as effective as a three up there might be because there's some arguments people say oh but like a five-up save is twice as good as a six-up because you'll make twice as many you don't care about how many you make you care about how many you fail. you fail and the vast majority of the time right there might be some niche weird edge cases but i don't have a good example for them so i'm going to call them fake yeah. um, that's fair
0: this is really yeah. what i wanted you to talk about because i'm more <laughs> amused yeah. by it because apparently it makes people <laughs> mad on the internet that's when you tell them what that this? a two-up is Twice as good as a three up. Yeah.
2: Oh, dude. So like, is that because? What's what's the alternative that they're taking?
0: I don't, I don't know. I don't. Just I don't even know what the argument is.
1: I don't want to think about about it on the internet. (laughs) I don't think about it. They're wrong. Um, what's the like? My pet peeve is when people don't like they don't want to do proper maths. They do bad maths of like the sixteen point seven percent, sixteen point whatever percentage. Does that upset you as well, Cliff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah.
0: actually why Alex got into my DMs one day and was really mad at me. <laughs> Did you do Because I was this? talking about 17% on dice, and Alex oh. messaged me because I was going to a – he was like, as
1: soon as you're done with your meeting, I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So apparently I was on the show because I got upset at Nathan the right time and messaged him. Yeah, um, that's
0: exactly <laughs> why. And I was like, oh, yeah. man, Alex knows how math works, so he's a great person to have on my math show.
2: Oh, I see critics. <laughs> so so it's like someone's looking at a 3-plus save and saying, like, oh, I've got a 60-something mm-hmm. percent, 67% chance of making a save on a game of wounds, And then they're looking like, oh, and seeing that that's, like, 83. And they're like, oh, it's 17% better. Instead yep. of, like, nah, bro, like, uh, you No! Okay,
0: so that's like, I,
1: I don't it even... I have not even rate is what it really I haven't, really haven't is. even got... No, 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 no. The the seventeen percent thing, right? Because yeah. if people see, yeah. So the the thing. This is my best attempt at like understanding the people, how the people that are wrong think that they're right. Um, I'm gonna be a bit like <laughs> blunt with my words because hopefully it's funny. Uh, so this yeah, is how I feel. Every single this is like my my
2: work is is having people be wrong who think that they're right and attempting yeah. to kill them in a so, way that they them think that they got there themselves that in fact they're wrong
1: need yeah do the right so thing. so the whole to use percentages right A three up save 67 percent of the time you'll pass it a two up save you 87 percent you'll pass it so people are like oh it's 16 or seventeen percent better yeah. that's first of all you got I think you need to do my personal opinion you need to do relative percentages right so like and this is where it's easier to talk in fractions so four out of six times you'll pass a three up save right there's four faces on a dice that result in success and it's a two up save you've got five of six faces on a cube that you'll pass right so that's you've gone from four four to five that is one two three four twenty five percent of that right one of these is twenty five percent of it you were doing hands before cliff so i thought i'd join in For podcast yeah, yeah. listeners if this goes out i've got like four fingers up and i'm like pointing that with my other hand right to go from four you need to improve that by 20 percent to get to five right yeah this is where my camera is right Four to five—that's twenty percent improvement, not sixteen percent. I hate it. That's my pet peeve. Don't use like the p- parts of sixteen percent. Okay, it's not good. Um, the only time it's acceptable is re-rolling ones as a sixteen or seventeen percent improvement, because one out of six of the instances will be a one, and then you get to try again. So it's like a seven over six improvement of your output if you've got that. If you're re-rolling ones to hit and wound, um, it's a seven over six times a seven over six improvement which works out to like a bit better than two thirds i think i could i have a calculator within reach so i'm gonna work this out quickly <laughs> anyway actually so, why i had so, alex on because he gets really yes?
0: passionate about people being wrong about 17 improvements to dice rolls <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so if you yeah, really so, have like serious qualms with how it's not really a 17 percent i get to do this to somebody else now you can enter alex's dms by joining <laughs> the patreon and getting into the yeah. discord and then you can dm alex and as i gesture at the wrong side of my camera repeatedly because of <laughs> yeah story, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you can yell at alex about percentages it'll be great
1: moderate bonuses to being in one or more of the discords that i'm in is occasionally i'll post like <laughs> terrain update pictures and yeah like ping the voice chat role of like hey i'm laser cutting at dumb o'clock at night someone might be awake join me um anyway you guys have tangented me now this is wrong anyway so we were talking about percentages and Crivens or tim the sorcerer message something on youtube and i tim i'm gonna blame you i love you tim but it's wrong so yeah the percentage comparisons i think are just bad don't do them um in terms of like using the 17 percent of like the dice facings Please, if you take one thing away from my nonsense on this, is don't do that specific thing. It upsets me. Unless you want to. Microwave your tea. Whatever. Let's <laughs> go a it. Um, on that note,
0: we're going to okay. transition to show questions.
1: Oh, yeah, actually, because... that's fair because I don't know. I have more like random of the stuff that I could do, but it's not going to be well formulated. So yeah. Um, so
0: I also want to keep the show somewhat sensibly long.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair if you want like more productive things from me and less like me going on stupid tangents that have like little gems of truth um Nathan we could like coordinate to actually write up a thing might be better
0: yeah, yeah we, can do that. we can coordinate we're going to start utilizing the blog on the website more, on that, we'll start including more stuff that will be more yeah. useful than getting nattered at for like 90 minutes about why your approach to math is wrong um but like because for some people, reading is also an improvement and seeing some of the graphical representations of some of these things. Would be helpful, yeah. Like, I think one of the useful things is a visual of why averages lie to you. Because there there's a many, many reasons why in, in science they teach you that averages can be tailored to tell you the truth that somebody wants them to tell you. And we can talk about that later. That's a different story for a different day because I'm letting Alex actually put me on a tangent where I talk That's... about like power of statistics and stuff like that So go on why
1: average is wrong right like in science the average number of human has less than two arms like the average human has less than two arms yes because i don't there's going to be a really slim number of people that maybe have more than three arms because of some weird biology stuff talk to nathan about that um i definitely don't want to but i will (laughs) yeah and then there's humans that have lost arms through various misfortunate reasons therefore if you take the average the average number of arms for a human is less than two right but the average person has two arms that's like you know the whole whatever nathan was talking about
0: there's some stuff in there about talking about median mode Mode. and averages (laughs) like mean median and mode going back to some like high school in the united states There are reasons why, in other stuff, and I was going to have Peter on today to talk about some of the stat stuff. Specifically, I was going to try to get him to talk more about like how win rate lies to you and power analysis and some other stuff. But that'll be for a different show. And I'm not. Oh going to man! Talk about can, it I, can
2: I quickly talk about win rate, which is like,
0: oh, God damn it! yes. literally. Do it. Yeah, do it. Literally, and minute. Nice
2: and flip, do it. literally, literally one minute. minute. Okay, so no. The, right, gets the the talk. <laughs> Our dashboard focuses entirely on win rate. <laughs> at the moment, which is funny that I'm about to like call it out as a as a misleading statistic. Um, win weights really good when you have very large sets of games from which to draw conclusions about, right? So like once you hit 150-ish games for a given faction, you've likely arrived at like the real fact the real faction win rate for that faction, plus or minus like one in a little bit percent. I have to run some numbers on that. If 300-plus games, you're good. Like, you're golden. That's, like, a lot of games played for you in faction that is, likely its real win rate on average for the average player. Um, that gives us a really good, oh, really good man, I don't average. average bunch, which is not good. That gives us a really good, within the scope of the entire meta, means of addressing relative faction power, um, give it a large enough data set. What it doesn't do, which I which we're working on in the background, is tell you, like, what is the likelihood that you will achieve a given outcome <laughs> with that faction, right? And that's where I think things like win record distribution come into play. So if you go to a GT, what is the distribution of outcomes for a given faction? Uh, like, how often do they go? 0 and 5, 1 and 4, 2 and 3, 3 and 2, 4 and 1, 5 and 0, win, win the whole thing. Um, and that's where statistics like uh, the Falcons T-Whip um, and, like, overrepresentation, which is something that Nathan and Curie run in the background, that stuff's really important. is like an additional analytical analytical level on top of win rate, which really only gives us like the broadest general sense of faction performance across the whole thing. All right, I'm done. My bad, Nathan. No, you're
0: fine. <laughs> you did good. That's good. I'm glad that you talked about it. That made me happy because I wanted to talk about why win rate's a weak statistic and you just talked about why it's a weak statistic. <laughs> and we do talk about win rate a lot. Win rate is the easiest to parse yeah. statistic that the most people understand the easiest. And yeah. why we start to use overrep and T whip is because they're more informative on a weekly basis of, like, how well factions are doing week to week. Because it talks a little bit more about how that win rate translates into positioning. And, yeah. and then people always to- ask for this. They ask for, like, more and more breakdowns of data. And this is something I touched on very briefly last week is the idea of power analysis and, like, statistical power. So you need like such a large data set just to show that win rate, which is one thing is like real, right? Real in quotation marks. And the further you mine down into something, the more and more and more samples you need to get to a real or like statistically relevant conclusion to answer a question. So if I want to see like how many times what's the win rate of a custodian's list that has three Caladiuses in it instead of two Caladiuses in it? It's like, for one, maybe only two people...
1: Does that approve if it has three uh, base Contemptors and three Achilles Contemptors plus two basic Shield Captains? Like,
0: when you mine down into that level, you need more and more data just to pull out those things to show that they are significantly contributing and how they contribute... And whether it's significantly different from the overall win rate of the faction. And so what I did is I used a lot of words about a lot of stats terms that we'll talk about on a different show when I talk to you all about what statistical significance is and like why we don't talk about it broadly in the 40k stats community because it's a nightmare box that I don't want to unpack is most of it. But also I'll talk about it a little bit when I teach Anthony math later because I'm gonna focus on statistics and probability and distributions and stuff like that and that's going to be the majority of the focus
1: of the math lessons that i give to anthony so oh, now i just want to oh, really no. really quickly i promise this will actually be quick yes. on the whole win rate thing this is like a personal viewpoint of um because people always go on about how like and mobas oh, like 55 percent is a crazy broken win rate but that's for like one amongst five characters usually in those games so i feel like that's a justification for like The N40K, we have like a wider tolerance for the win rate of something because if there's one book that's broken or like you know overpowered, then that going against a one on one against something else, having a 60% win rate, for example, is probably closer to balance than like a MOBA character being so individually good that amongst like in a five on five, it's enough to drag the win rate up five percent. Right, I'm done.
0: Sorry, I just. Innis is in the chat saying, have you considered that doing math, I assume, at 0330 is rude? <laughs> I have not considered it, because I do math all the time, and my nude work requires so much more math than I ever wanted to do, but
1: we'll talk about that a different day.
0: and um, so can't even managed
1: to- spelling. You can't get onto maths.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is 0330 on our 24-hour clock, apparently, in Belgium right now. So right. and Innis has probably had quite a bit to drink, because from what, all that I've understood from WTC... Is that really it's like the whiskey training competition or alcohol training competition? I don't know. I couldn't come up with a good way to use that acronym in another way. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So (laughs) McWerp in our Discord, who joined just like a couple days ago, asked like 70 questions. I'm going to pick out a couple of them because he asked like a bunch of questions that we actually can't answer. And Sam, I know you asked like four questions, but we answered a bunch of those questions in this episode. So you just have 90 minutes of answers to your
1: four questions. Um, <laughs> well, you're welcome, Sam. I got your back, yeah. buddy. <laughs>
0: so I'm gonna parse through this really quick. So we're not gonna talk about ELO, um, McWorp, mostly because Curie's not on this episode and he curates all of the ELO and CRS stuff. So we're not gonna talk about the math that and like model that hinges under that part. Um, because we don't have the expertise to do it, just so you know. But here we go. Uh, what? So recently there was a lot of talk about the ranking system. And so McCorp asked the question is, I'm curious what ranking systems the members of the stat check team and Alex feel would be most useful for determining a hypothetical 40k player of the year award. How will fucking vote. Not a vote. (laughs) So for me, like the thing I think the community is actually missing most instead of a 40K player of the year award is something similar to the Walter Payton man of the year award that's in the NFL. So for people who aren't familiar with the NFL, there's a service award essentially where teams get to nominate somebody who's done a lot of service for the community through their team in the NFL. And then one of the players who did the most serve, like did the most service essentially gets chosen to win the man of the year award. And it doesn't come with, like, a prize other than, like, a trophy, essentially, and, like, the recognition of your peers that you are, like, a good human being. And so I think instead of another competitive award, what the 40K community actually needs most at this point is a Man of the Year award that celebrates people who give back to the community around them in intangible ways. Because I think what we currently do is we have a lot of methods for celebrating people who perform well competitively at this game or paint well or hobby well but we don't have anything that celebrates people being good humans to one another. And I think there's like a lot of evidence on this recently on Facebook about people treating each other badly around events stuff. And instead, I think one of the things that this community needs is to kind of unite around an award system that just supports people who give back to their community, either in a charitable fashion or in other fashions and use the game kind of as a springboard towards doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. That sounds good. But also like, man, (laughs) <laughs> Just narrowing it down to one person, I think, is literally impossible and not fair. Oh but I suppose that's, like, so many things, right? Because there's so many people everywhere. Right. Like in small pockets of communities, there be people yeah. doing, like, a whole bunch of work. and yeah.
0: yeah. I think there should yeah. be more regional awards. Like, the ITC, like, overall award is, like, one idea of how to do it. But, like, they break down everything into regions so you could do regional awards for people who are best in certain areas. And that would actually bring out the supposed purpose of the ranking system that was voted on which really didn't do the thing that they promised it would do, which was bringing lesser known players to the forefront of the discussion from regions who don't get to travel to a lot of very large events. And instead get to celebrate some of those players by giving them a regional award that's based on competitive performance in those regions only. But that's another, another possibility. I think CRS is an approach and ITC is an approach and both are valid. CRS does not take into account the size of events when it does it, but takes into account how good the faction is. So it kind of, in theory, washes out faction performance, which is why I like the CRS system versus another system. And I'm just going to keep yammering about it until somebody pays yeah. attention
1: to me. Should we do something else? New question? I actually have a quick, because th- I, I looked at the show questions thing. Francois put a, um, the how do I explain to my opponents uh, about no, what was it they asked um like how do they explain to their opponents that dice averages don't mean what they think right i actually have like a little wee thing this is from like high school stats class where you can usually you ask someone to flip a coin it might be a 100 times i about there's a number of times right and 50 times maybe it's more manageable get someone to flip a coin 50 times record the results write them down in the chain but before that have them randomly do it themselves Right, so like you've got two sequences of H and T, right, heads and tails, on a bit of paper, and then you show it to the teacher, and if the teacher knows, or whoever like is looking, knows the trick. They can pretty reliably pick out which is the actual coin flip one and which is the humans, uh, like doing it themselves one. And the trick to find um, the true coin flip is there'll be a run of like six to eight heads or six to eight tails in a row. That a human will be like, "Oh, I, this is too many of them. We shouldn't do that." Whereas true randomness will have that sort of run, right? So that's that's the sort of thing where like your saves, if you've got the four up, sometimes that will just go that way. Um, it could be a useful exercise for someone to just do by themselves if they've got like a few minutes to do this. And you could tell an opponent they might get through, they might get through to them, or they might just like go, oh, "Go away. I don't want to go to math class." Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean that's true. It's a good point uh here's a non-math take question which is what is the yeah. worst demons take
1: each of you has seen online oh boy uh i i don't know if i've like looked any to me i because things take so long to arrive in new zealand that like just things are fake until they exist i don't pay attention to rumors and stuff <laughs> i the closest thing is i called i thought it might be in the night knight's codex i called that there will be unignorable involves um with uh because like you know hammerheads ignoring involves and all this stuff i'm like something's going to come out that's going to oh, have an invo that can't be ignored yeah. <laughs> it's happened here we are my, <laughs>
0: favorite, my least favorite take is always the number of people who panic and think that each book release is going to break the game based off of like the sliver of information that we get about it yeah. that's always the worst take that's the worst take yeah. i love clip's take which is stock up on corn demons that's my favorite take yeah corn demons go oh, on
1: Right now. Maybe the worst take is GW's post of, like, more info coming soon about demons, <laughs> and then nothing for 30 days.
0: <laughs> it's true. I don't every day I got to look in the chaos chats of various places, and it was just people going, like, the the meme of a guy, like, waiting in various positions, waiting for more news from GW about coming soon. Is that, that like the, the
1: Pablo Escobar waiting around thing?
0: Yeah, the, exactly yeah. that one. Um, yeah. I guess since Peter's not here, I'm just going to ask everybody: Is this is what is your favorite
1: movie of the summer so far? It's winter. I'm confused. (laughs) My my answer is going to be instead: I I don't like how people like say coming this insert season because just say the damn month because half the world it's different. Right? That's my answer.
0: (laughs) Man, I was going to say the new Thor movie, but also I watched Prey last weekend, which the story of how Prey got released on Hulu instead of a theatrical release is really funny. But Prey was a really good science fiction action film.
2: Yeah. Prey is... So I have, I have two small children, four and below, uh, and, and very busy and work-life as well. So I, Prey is the only movie... Prey's the only movie I've seen in like two months (laughs) so yeah it's great
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's the number one of one of one
1: (laughs) and of one best one so good and i'll take four as my serious answer because yeah taika directing it so that'll do
0: um then i guess we have a viewer question which is what is the win and defeat in warhammer that has stuck with you the most and why
2: oh man all of warhammer johnny or like like 10th edition or 9th edition
0: I would, let's just narrow it to ninth edition because that's a good way to do it. Yeah. For me, it's pretty easy. Like I lost a game recently to Tao in like the finals of a local league. And it really is going to stick with me because it reminded me how badly you can like get nailed if you position something improperly. Cause I lost most of a nine man of warriors, like immediately because I accidentally left them sticking out just a little too far. And they just got blasted off the board. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
2: I played my buddy's Sisters of Battle uh, after their new codex with the pre, pre-update custodies um, and got like mortal wound bombed off the table, which was like, I was blown away at that happening. Just like a lot of Dominion output and a lot of failed. This, see? This, the, the strings of four-ups, a lot of failed four-ups on my end <laughs> led to a dead Caladius and a dead Telema uh, turn two it
1: was rough. Oh, yeah. That's I rough. had tangents on like the four up, Fiona no pain versus six up maths, but that's another time thing. It was hard. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I definitely have memories of like back in eighth when I beat my buddy with custodies like one too many times and he goes and like gets triple double soul burner, pertard, chaos, and then also like the soul burner, like many things in the contemptors, just like mortal wounds the guys off the table. But, um, I guess wins and losses that i remember maybe uh losing against hayden courage the first time i traveled up north for new zealand masters um where like it was great it was a great laugh and some of my saves just decided to turn off i had to make three saves on a venetari squad like two of them with two ups and one of them was a four up and i lost the dude i was just like yep how this is going cool let's have a laugh and chat and then maybe the win was a, was against Michael. Um, this is at New Zealand Teams earlier this year uh, with like full busted custodies, And so he had a closer to meta list with like a Caladius and some Dreadnoughts and stuff. Mine was still pretty meta too, but I had like Mr. Worldwide and we did some weird stuff. <laughs> In pairings, we gave him an option and we, apparently we chose the stupid option for pairings according to the guys that were talking about it. And so we ended up with the custodian's mirror. He just leant into it, and he was like, "Right." And we're going on the light table. We're going to coin flip this. We both took the kill each other's bike unit secondary, um, and so I he won the exchange on that secondary. I got nothing. He got like 13. Um, I and then I demolished on the stranglehold and primary, and. I don't remember, uh, Banners maybe, Wh- whatever, all the other secondaries in primary game I did really well on, and so some of that was with Jank, with uh, Mr. Worldwide. Um, rest in peace, that man. He is so dead with losing obsec and all the things. Um, that's probably my win. And both of those agreements, like, guys from the Kraken Wargaming podcast crowd of guys in New Zealand, New Zealand podcast. Yeah, thanks. Your question, Nathan.
0: The last question of the evening is if you could collect, this is from for the lion Chris in the Discord. Is if you could collect one metric that is not being collected now about players, factions, secondaries, etc., what would it be?
2: Oh my god, that's so hard.
0: Wait, what? I was would, it? If you could collect one piece of data for stats purposes, what would it be? I think secondaries would be like the net, would be the overall probably. Coolest thing to get from BCP because you could gather it from big events, yeah. Exclusively, like five plus round, twenty five plus player events, like what we do for the stats purposes, which would be nice because you currently you can only get it from ITC Battles app, which is all games. Yeah, I would
2: I would love mission and terrain deployment, um, especially if there are events that are using like GW or WTC standardized formats on a permission basis. Being able to break out game outcomes um along those two lines would be sick
1: I would love that I I'm drawing a blank I don't know there's like so there's so many things you could do is it like things that are realistic I it doesn't have to be realistic it can just be something you want I yeah I don't I don't know I'm pretty happy I I don't worry too much about stats of what's doing well or not I'm usually more interested in like probabilities of things I guess so (laughs) Oh, that's fine. Yeah. The other thing that I would love,
0: just to fill in for Alex's time, I'll go on a tangent instead. Is I would love for BCP to record matches and team events so that we could actually just pull out team event data like entirely and be able to use it for things like matchup
1: and scoring data, because that would be great. That would be okay. incredible. Can I- i want to give my answer i've got an answer now that like this is actually achievable i want the statistics to be i, I want like bcp to make statistics easy to pull just to like save curie effort and let them do things more yeah that, that's what i want i yeah, want bcp to like business. pull it out so that it can just like get pulled into a spreadsheet without like manual nonsense or like accurate faction reporting information um yeah. mostly <laughs> i want things that help anki Je- yeah anki jeser
0: yeah, I mean, because like Unki Jezza, yes. Help Unki Jezza would be nice. Uh yeah. Sam Lemon asked a question that I actually think is just kind of an important bit, which is is there something we can do to help you collect that data when running events? Mm-hmm. And the thing that you can do the most to help, I think, us is to tell BCP that you want to be able to track things. So, like yeah. tell them that you want things to change to improve their system so that stats can be either collected easily or you want something to be tracked. Because Honestly, me, Cliff, Curie, Innes, and Anthony, and others, like, outside of this, including Peter, the Falcon, and Alex, don't have as much influence over what BCP does. I know, I just wanted to include you so you felt included. Don't have as much influence over BCP as, like, all the TOs who use their system to run events. And instead it's better if you tell bcp that you want something to be tracked or you want something to be easier or if you don't like something about their ui and currently their ui is like the upgraded ui that they put out was not very good and i don't want to look
1: at it again and i'm not going to look at it right now i'm just going to add something that i assume is helpful is like put something in your players back and tell your players to enter their faction stuff accurately and just like ask people to enter things accurately because like you guys recording this? That's definitely can't do that. The tos can ask very easily, and it probably won't result. Yeah, in if you make it
0: a yellow cardable of offense to have your faction in wrong, like I bet a bunch of people would suddenly get their faction yeah, all in like, Cleaned up real, real fast. <laughs> like, like that would get fixed real fast. Um, yeah. So that's where we'll end for today. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for watching. I know it's been kind of a meandering path, as we talked about averages a lot and math and stuff, which a lot of people don't like listening to. Um, So I want to thank Alex for coming on. Alex has a lovely podcast, Frontiers, where you can look at the rest of the world and not just like the Europe and the United States, like kind of alone, which is what a lot of competitive podcasts look at.
1: Are you sure you want to thank me?
0: yeah (laughs) i I already have it's too late i've thanked you already okay Um, yeah i also want to thank cliff for coming on thanks cliff always makes me happy to have cliff on because that is another stats perspective that we just don't get often enough is cliff coming on and telling us how things should go (laughs) Um, yeah otherwise if you want to support the show please go to our patreon at patreon.com slash c slash
1: the slash sleeve for youtube isn't it
0: Yep. You can watch our show on YouTube. If you hit that subscribe button, it also is very helpful. Comment on our videos. That's also very helpful. If you don't have time or money, that's fine. We don't expect you to pay for it. All this content will continue to be free for all of you. Um, Joining the Patreon just gets access to the discord and any bonus content that we decide to put out, but the main show and the main content that we produce will always be free. Uh, you can also go and see our stats at www.stat-check.com uh, where you can see the meta dashboard that Cliff curates. That's his idea. And, It's an amazing tool for the community to get to use. Try all the toggles. It's a lot of fun. It's also where you can find our ranking system and also ELO scores and also our faction ranking system that we use to calculate the CRS for weighting the faction scores as well. Um, I've been Nathan. This has been Cliff and Alex. And thank you for watching. Bye-bye.
2: Thanks, y'all.